Money. It's a hard subject. It's divided communities and broken up otherwise happy marriages. The question I have is, though, is it scary to talk about money when you have it or when you don't? People with money have to deal with spats over who owns what, who gets what, and when they all get it. People without money have to figure out how to divide up a pie that often doesn't exist. Our business doesn't have money, and we have to figure out how to get it. The first step to getting it is to talk about it. So today, we're going to do it. We're going to talk about money. And we're going to devise a plan for getting it so that our company can stay afloat. This is Loud Ladies, a podcast about starting a family business. We're about halfway through the season, and if you haven't listened to the earlier episodes, we suggest you go back and start at the beginning and listen in order. You'll get a lot of details on why we're doing what we're doing and who we hope to impact with this business. Before we let you guys in on our business plan for our company, we should probably look back at a couple specific moments in mine Chinua's childhoods, both which have left deep imprints on our memories and define our individual relationships with money. What you hear are sounds of Kwanzaa. Chinua and I not only used to attend the annual celebrations of Black culture and pride, but our mom encouraged us to get more involved by selling homemade gifts at our local Kwanzaa fair. So, we did. I'd say we were probably only about seven or eight, and we'd buy plain t-shirts and socks wholesale from Costco or wherever. As children do, we'd decorate them using puffy paint with the colors of Kwanzaa, red, black, and green. We'd set up a booth at the Kwanzaa fair, our version of a lemonade stand, and we'd resell our homemade designs to the Kwanzaa goers. I don't think our designs were particularly good, but we sold stuff. Looking back, I'm sure it's because we were two self-determined little girls eager to sell and be a part of our community. We learned a lot from the experience, about reinvesting in our business and putting stuff away for the next year. Some years we did well, and some years we didn't. And by well, I mean we had a few extra bucks at the end of the Kwanzaa season. We also learned about the tides of business, and to apply the lessons of the prior to the current year. Because each year, you learn something new, and we learn to leave space for that something new. Fast forward. I'm about 11 or 12 It's a typical day in our childhood. Our mom picks us up from school, and we do what we usually do and head to our father's office to visit him and say hello. My dad's office is attached to a warehouse full of supplies. As my mom mentioned in a prior episode, she and my father owned a supply company that sold supplies to local lumber companies in Portland, Oregon, land of timber. Though it felt like a typical day, it turned out that day wasn't typical at all. It was, in fact, the day our father decided to close the business. And we didn't know it yet, but our family was getting ready to stumble upon some very hard times. Our dad had struck one bad business deal and just couldn't make ends meet that year. And he couldn't envision a day when he was going to be able to set it all right. Our parents didn't explain the details, nor did we ask. It would be years before we learned those. But I remember a sadness, a heaviness. In a way... It still sits over our family. The sense that things can be lost, taken away, without much explanation. And yet, you have to learn to soldier on. Or, you don't. Several decades later, my father died alone and very poor. His only possessions were the clothes on his back, lots of letters and pictures from family, and mementos from his days as an all-state collegiate athlete. But make no mistake about it. Our father was smart. 
and tall, handsome and confident. He just struggled with many things, including the loss of his business, which was his dream realized. I am haunted by that failure in a way I have never spoken out loud about until now. Chino and I learned very early on about both sides of the entrepreneurial coin. Just as one side could be silver, shiny, and outright magical, the other side can be dark and dingy gray with gummy dirt jammed into its crevices. And this, no doubt, informs our financial approach to this business. Are we going to be fueled by the young energy that enveloped us year after year during Kwanzaa? Or are we going to be gripped by the fear of loss that is associated with our parents' business? Truth is, it's likely to be a combination of both, and time will tell. For now, though, let's turn to a current day example of success that we're taking notes from. So, and that's why the guy, that's why Alex Bloomberg was able to get money, not only get money, but like do what he said he's going to do because he'd done it before. Right. Like he had created good pod, great podcast with great te- content. He knew what to do. Like we don't, Brooke, I guess if any of us knows, she knows cause she's, she's doing one now, but like right. the three of us have not demonstrated that we can do that. And so we have to be able to demonstrate that not only for, uh, to get money, but for, to get content, to get people to say, sure, I'm a talent and I want to put my talent in your hands for you guys to produce me. And the only way we're going to be able to draw that. If you're not familiar with Alex Bloomberg, He's the founder of one of the most successful podcast companies out here, Gimlet Media. Alex has decades of experience working in this field and is best known for his work on popular podcasts, This American Life, and Planet Money. In 2014, he launched his own podcast called Startup. I'm Alex Bloomberg, and for a long time I was a producer at the public radio show This American Life and also the co-creator of a podcast called Planet Money, where for years I reported on business and the economy. It was a great gig, until I decided to do something rash. I decided to take what I learned from reporting on other people's businesses and start my own business. Sound familiar, right? Well, what Alex goes on to explain in the first season of Startup is that part of Gimlet Media's success was due to the podcast, which profiled his company's startup journey. With experience and connections, Gimlet acquired venture capital funding and got Gimlet Media off of the ground. It was a pivotal moment in the company's story. And it's definitely something the three of us have talked about as a potential option for getting funding quickly. But our reality is very different than that of Alex Bloomberg's. We're not journalists. We don't have years of media training. And as you know, we are three Black women. It's no secret that in Silicon Valley and the U.S. more broadly, there's an enormous gender gap when it comes to who receives venture capital funding. According to the Harvard Business Review, female entrepreneurs receive only about 2% of all venture funding. And according to a fairly recent article in Fast Company magazine, between 2012 and 2014, startups led by African-American women comprised less than 0.2% of all of the venture deals in that time period. 0.2%. For us, these stats mean one thing. The quote-unquote boys network is real, and the barriers to entry very, very high. It also means that we have to prove ourselves, something that people of color and women have always had to do. Be twice as good and work twice as hard to get the same access. Question is, what exactly does it look like for us to quote-unquote prove ourselves? For us, it means that before we ask for outside investment, we have to invest in ourselves with time, sweat equity, and money. 
With regards to time, Brooke, Cheno, and I have already put in a lot of time to this. We started just under a year ago and dedicated countless hours every day to it. Brooke and I work on this during the nights and weekends while we pursue our full-time careers during the day. Meanwhile, Chenel works on this during the time she's not devoted to raising her son. We are our own sound engineers, producers, writers, marketers. We've taught ourselves all of these things. With regards to money, Chenel and Brooke are relying on their savings since they both quit their respective jobs. For Chenel's part, she let go of a six-figure salary years ago and continues to forego that salary every single day. As for me, I use part of my paycheck each month to contribute to this venture. Oh, and we have one more source of revenue. Remember in episode one where we discussed selling t-shirts and stickers on Redbubble? Well, they've come in handy. We've used our sales from Redbubble to open our first business bank account. T-shirts for the win. Well, kinda. It's a start at least. And it's helped us buy a lot of little things like royalty-free music, mics, recorders, transcription services, website domains, and countless other quote-unquote little expenses that add up very quickly. Long story short, we're out here bootstrapping. And it's our first plan of attack. Loud Ladies is brought to you by The Self-Evidence. The Self-Evidence is an amazing brand of shirts that empower you to wear your truths. I picked up one that reads, Coffee, Champagne, and Fundamental Rights. They have others like Mom for President and Free Press and Chill. You can find them on Instagram under The Self-Evidence. And if you visit itsy.com slash The Self-Evidence and use Loud Ladies at checkout, you can save 15% off your entire order. We'll put a link in our show notes with the discount code so you all can start wearing your truths today. Now, back to our episode. Hey, Google. Yeah? What's the Investopedia definition of bootstrapping? On the website Investopedia.com, they say, an individual is said to be bootstrapping when he attempts to found and build a company from personal finances or from the operating revenues of the new company. Hey, Google, what about women who bootstrap? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that, but I'm still learning. We'll get to it, sister. So, apparently women don't bootstrap? (laughs) That's clearly not the case with us. What we've described may sound very grassroots-ish. That's because it is. But thankfully, we have a couple good grassroots podcasts to emulate. For example, the cult favorite podcast Up and Vanished was started by two guys with just $100 worth of audio equipment. From those humble beginnings, the podcast made Apple's top 20 list for 2017. And that's huge. So, maybe our model will look less like Alex Bloomberg's Gimlet Media and a bit more like the scrappy beginnings of Up and Vanished. On to the second prong of our financial model. If you listen to enough podcasts, you'll start to hear a familiar sound. Support for Criminal comes from TNT, presenting the limited series television event, The Alienist, premiering January 22nd. Yep, ads. They're a mainstay in some of the top podcast shows. In fact, the top 10% of podcasters earn enough money from ads to commit to podcasting full-time, which is awesome for them. Problem is, that leaves the other 90% of podcasters struggling to get by. And another issue... The same handful of advertisers promote on the same handful of shows. So again, we've got a problem of diversity. So what's our second plan of attack, you ask? Advertising. I mean, the, the whole point, I think, I think, I could be wrong. It's like 
trying to get advertising and a bigger platform for voices that traditionally are not having that. And I think that will become harder and harder for them to get it. Mm-hmm. And I do think that somebody's going to figure out a way to do it. It's like Blavity. Yeah. In that clip, you heard us mention a company called Blavity. It's a fairly new media company that creates community-based content. They partner with diverse content creators and brands to help them reach wider audiences. And one thing they do particularly well is tailor their content and ads to their audience, young Black millennials. So we may just take a page out of their book and try to attract new, untraditional brands that are hoping to reach a new podcast demographic, women and people of color. Question is, will that be enough? Maybe, maybe not. So the good news is that we have a couple of sponsors. But just in case that's not enough, we have a third plan of attack. As you all know, we attended the podcast movement convention last summer. Something we heard repeatedly at the conference is that there's money in branded content. By branded content, we mean that big brands such as Blue Apron, Walmart, and eBay are developing their own podcasts with the help of podcast production companies like Pineapple Street Media, Pacific, Transmitter, and Gimlet Media. Here are a few of some popular branded podcasts. And eBay. eBay, the world's leading online marketplace, has joined forces with Big Commerce, the world's most successful e-commerce platform. I'm Charles Krausen, and this is Outside the Box, the podcast about retail and all things related. Today, a bonus episode. Hey, I'm Kathy Irway, and this is Why We Eat What We Eat, a podcast from Blue Apron and Gimlet Creative. This is our sixth and podcast about extraordinary food and the people behind it. Brought to you by Panna, the cooking app that gives you step-by-step video recipes for master chefs. I'm Courtney B. Vance, the host of a new miniseries, Rebellion in Detroit. I'm asking the question, what happened on the streets of my hometown one hot summer week? So that's the basic outline for our financial plan. One, bootstrap. Two, sell ads against the shows we hope to attract to the network. And three, explore opportunities for us to produce branded content. And we have a couple of more things up our sleeve that we're exploring now. Yeah, we have our work cut out for us. Thank you for following us on this journey. We ask that you do us one favor, though. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. Don't know how? <laughs> Neither did our mom. Okay. Go to podcasts. Search. Press in loud, L-O-U-D, space, ladies. Search button. You see that black? Yes, loud, ladies, yes. Subscribe. Purple, excellent, check. Now, review. Go down to ratings and reviews. Tap to rate. Write a review down, write, yeah, there you go. Five stars, no pressure, thank you. Title, you guys are rock stars. (laughs) I don't need to dictate this to you, but uh, thanks mom. Easy, right? A huge thank you to Mark Million for helping us produce this episode. And also thank you to Danny Fortson for your valuable feedback. See you in our next episode where we'll talk about our name. Yeah. I have a question for you. Okay. I need to learn something about you, actually. So we were thinking about names Mm -hmm. for the business. What do you think about Plan B? As what? 
is the name for our company, the com- name of our company, of our podcast company. Of the, of the one about y'all starting the business?